Duh. Hello, welcome to the first episode of Controversial Conversations with Syra and Coquila. My name is Coquila. My name is Syra. In this podcast, we will talk about all topics controversial, from politics to social issues and all other subjects that spark up any doubt. In this episode, we will be doing something different in terms of we're going to be talking about the motif of betrayal portrayed by Shakespeare and the tragedy of Macbeth and its prevalence in society today. Personally, Kukila, I feel like this motif is portrayed most through politics and specifically through the world leaders that hold office today. Exactly. Um, speaking of politics, I think it's so interesting to see how Shakespeare, even from 400 years ago, establishes this idea of society's leaders betraying the people that they represent for their own ambition. Yeah, really looking into Macbeth, we see his greed of power within him. He feels those he's supposed to protect and represent. This is seen from the very beginning, when Macbeth is not appreciative of being the saint of Carter, mm-hmm. and instead of accepting this, you know, he acts on this prophecy and kills Duncan. Mm-hmm. He kills the king. He kills the king that is so beloved to his people, that is so yeah. cherished by his people. He kills his own flesh and blood, you know? This, this is the initial betrayal of Macbeth, the, his conscious decision of betraying the country that he has sworn to protect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is so outrageous as Duncan has so much faith in him. He, see, he sees him as the most loyal soldier. Exactly. And you can truly see it's like an act um, at one scene for in lines 13 to 16, uh, Duncan says, there are, there's no art to find the mind's construction in the face. He was a gentleman on whom I built an absolute trust. This emphasizes like Duncan's immense appreciation and love towards Macbeth, thus emphasizing the severity of Macbeth's betrayal. Furthermore, we can see that Macbeth kills um, um, Duncan to gain the power, but also he also kills the Banco, and then this truly like shows the height of his betrayal because not only did he kill the innocent person, but he also killed a friend in the hopes of preserving power. He distorts a person's entire life to secure his position as king. Exactly. You see the extent that he goes to to preserve this power. And I think this is quite interesting as you can see this idea portrayed in our society today. Today. Mm-hmm. A great example of this is, you know, Trump's um, yeah. impeachment process that is currently going on. So, um, just for all you folks, right now we're just going to add a clip of Ambassador William Taylor's testimony in this um, in the impeachment to give an overview of why Trump is being questioned mm-hmm. and called for yeah. impeachment. Trump then requested that Zelensky investigate the discredited 2016 CrowdStrike conspiracy theory and even more ominously, ominously look into the Bidens. Neither of these investigations was in the U.S. national interest. And neither was part of the official preparatory material for the call. Both, however, were in Donald Trump's personal interest and in the interests of his 2020 re-election campaign. I think that Ambassador Taylor really perfectly sums up Trump's betrayal, you know? Um, our president is someone who was sworn into office to protect this land and, you know, to be for the people, but yeah. instead he's being for himself. Yeah. You agree, Sarah, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, we see him compromise national security to gain information from the Ukrainian government about Biden's son. 
to allow him to win this upcoming election. That's so wrong. Yeah, as um, Biden, see, currently when this took place, Biden was up in the charts. He was the lead for the Democratic Party, and we see how, you know, his whole um, mm-hmm. campaign is just tarnished yeah. because yeah. of Trump. It's completely wrong. Yeah. You know, Trump is like Macbeth. He's like killing his obstacle. He's really just destroying everything in his path to preserve this power. Yeah, I completely agree with you, but, like, just to give, like, the devil's advocate, just to play a devil's advocate, I would say, like, I can see why some conservatives or, like, Trump supporters would view his actions as right, just because I feel like they might think that Democrats would do the same thing, so it's only, it's not not necessarily fair, but it is okay that Trump did it and he shouldn't be impeached for it, although I don't believe in that. Yeah, that's a good point. Tell me if I'm wrong, Kokila, but both Trump and Macbeth don't really care about the people. Yeah, no, I completely agree. They, they're just absent-minded about the people. Yeah, like for, as a leader of a nation, their job is to provide for the people and better their standards of life. However, neither of them, neither of them do this. So specifically talking about Macbeth, he does nothing to help the people. He's more worried about his reign as the king. In Act Three. Scene 6, the conversation between Lennox and and the Lord relieve how bad things have gotten in Scotland. Uh, he Lennox says in line 50 to 55, may soon return to the suffering, to our suffering country under our land accursed. So this is referring to Macbeth, Scotland, which have gotten worse and worse since he's gotten into power. And the conditions of the people and Scotland's economy, everything has gotten so bad. Speaking of places where things have gotten worse, um, over the past year, I know that um, the Kashmir region has um, had a lot of problems both from India and Pakistan. Um, I personally am from India, and I know you, Saira, are from Pakistan and the Kashmir region. So we do have completely different views on this subject. But, you know, I want to know, what are your thoughts on this? Well, thank you for asking. Before we discuss anything, just so our audience know what we're talking about. So the Kashmir region was, uh, the conflict originally started in 1947 after the partition. And there was basically a controversy on who like Kashmir should go with, either Pakistan or India. And it's just been a conflicted region since then. So now that we know the brief history, I personally don't know the answer but as a pakistani kashmiri i would say like yeah kashmir belongs to pakistan but however that's just one of the voice in like the millions of kashmiris that there are but i think the bigger problem is the betrayal of the leaders and like and um, of the leaders and how they should treat the people regardless of where kashmir goes to i think it really matters on how you treat a human being and how you represent them i, I completely agree i think the way that these you know, people in Kashmir are being treated as completely inhumane and that a lot of these leaders um, like um, in Pakistan and India are just turning a blind eye over to this. Yeah, for it's, them, it's disrespectful. Kashmir, yeah, yeah, for them, Kashmir has become uh, like a way to gain votes and popularity and win their elections. Like, for example, talking about Modi, the current prime minister of India, we can see that in like the recent election that just happened in 2019, he got re-elected as the prime minister of India and like India is a secular state they have so many diverse like ethnicity languages like just so many like different things that put, putting together makes India what it is like a diverse nation a secular nation but Modi is kind of changing that now with his social point of view so um, specifically talking about like in August he put a curfew on uh, Kashmir which basically put all the Kashmiris until uh, in like extreme, extremely uh, concentrated area with like yeah. thousand, million, thousands and thousands of um, 
soldiers and they can live their life normally. Yeah, it's, I mean, I mean, I don't know, but I would imagine that it's quite scary, you know, living under a curfew, having soldiers outside your house guarding you, almost like your prisoners. I mean, coming from an Indian family who loves Modi, you know, I grew up you know, loving Modi, thinking he was a great leader. And, you know, to an extent, I still do. I think his economic policies are extremely beneficial for India. They've really helped India progress. But at the same time, you know, every leader has its faults. And in this, I must admit, I do feel Modi um, does have some problems. Would you say you feel betrayed by him almost? I mean, to an extent, yes, I do. When he was first elected, I know my family and all, like, my whole, like, friend group you know we were all so proud of this we felt truly represented especially Mm -hmm. because it's such a big thing um with the indian population in the united states and just like over the course of the years through some of his controversial issues mostly towards kashmir i just like i'm i'm kind of disappointed you know like it's you know like talking about kashmir like when i was uh probably like five or six i remember like the region that i'm from gilgit baldistan there was like extreme violence that broke out because of some conflict and there was a seven day curfew and i remember being under that curfew although it only lasted seven days like those seven days i couldn't leave my house i was five year old my parents wow. were like in the city i didn't know that yeah oh my and God. it's like so like terrifying and people don't understand this because like I was a kid. I was five year old, but there weren't the, the the level of violence that I faced was nothing compared to what the Kashmir in India today are facing, and it's like so scary because just being under a curfew, it's like it's this whole thing. It takes a toll on your mind. I feel like for the Kashmiris, I feel like they have to feel betrayed because there's so many Kashmiri Indians that were like so prideful of being Indians, and I completely get it. They're very patriotic, and it's their right to choose, right? And they elected, well, they didn't elect Modi, but, like, Modi was the guy who was supposed to help them as the prime minister yeah. of the le- the nation, but they betrayed him, so it's just very sad. So just to ask you, do you feel like um the Pakistani leader has any faults in this? Do you feel like, you know, from that side? You know, side- like, as a place, like, the current prime minister of Pakistan is Imran Khan, and he was, like, a former cricketer, and, like, I, I, like, I grew up, like, loving him as a cricketer and now as a leader of a nation. I'm not sure where you, like, I guess very proud of the actions that he has taken because he has spoken for the rights of the Kashmiri people and he's uh, shown like the Kashmir uh, conflict right now what Modi is doing on like the international stage many times but however I do understand that he has bias that Kashmir should be for Pakistan but right now he has put that bias aside and he's talking about treating and getting uh, and asking Modi to get rid of the curfew in Kashmir right now so current with the current prime minister I don't think he necessarily betrayed the people but however in the past like the past ones were very corrupt and they didn't help the Kashmiri people at all um can you name some examples of that I'm sorry yes um no I'll sure you so he recently got uh jailed he's in jail right now for corruption because the Panama leaks when the paper came out turns out he stole billions and billions of dollars from Pakistan like the economy and he's refusing to pay that so right now he's in jail and yeah like he really didn't do anything and I feel like that's the biggest fault as a leader Nasha was someone that truly just looked out for himself and not for Pakistan betraying his country exactly same thing that we see with Macbeth um uh, I think that was really interesting so um just one last question to end this off. Do, off. do you really do you think that there could ever be a compromise between um, Pakistan and India for the Kashmir region? I definitely think there can be a compromise with like leaders that keep 
their own personal opinions aside and more, think more so about the people. Like, even at the end, end, ending of Macbeth, we see Malcolm, he comes back into power. Like, although as morbid as this uh, podcast has been, there is this thing to say, like, at the end of the day, truth, like, comes through, light comes through. So I think with keeping that in mind, um, if you if you read Macbeth, like, at the very last line, Macbeth, Malcolm comes back into power and Macbeth dies and... Yeah, and like goodness is restored to a level, and I feel like I am hopeful that that's gonna happen. So, Sarah, just referring to what you were talking about, that is in the tragedy of Macbeth's last scene, Act 5, Scene 8, when Macduff says, Hail King, for so thou art, behold where stands the usurper's cursed head, the time is free. Indeed, the time will be free. However, Kukila, after having this conversation with you, there's been a question that's been on my mind that I feel like everyone should be thinking about as well. To what extent will betrayal always be a part of our society? Interesting. We're going to leave you here today with this question to think about. That's it. All, that's it. That's all we have today for controversial conversations. Or as they say in Pakistan and India, Alvida. Alvida.